What does it look like when you eat enough food, with substantial variety, at regular times, and in a balanced way? Shoot, let the good doctor show you how to reach the very peak of the rational eater's hierarchy. In today's episode, Dr. Cashy discusses the positive influence rational eating has on every aspect of your life. Roll the intro! Hello, hello, and welcome to, oh goodness, it's almost empty, and welcome to, ah, that's better, Coffee with Cashy. I am your host, Dr. Trevor Cashy. Today's episode feels monumental uh, for a few reasons. One, you and I are discussing the tippy top of Dr. Cashy's constructive eater's hierarchy, novelty. And two... I, I thank you genuinely for going through this with me. This medium is most certainly a novelty for me, and it is a selfishly satisfying experience. Every single day, I wake up so excited to share everything I've learned, and I am I'm grateful to have this opportunity with you. Learning is, learning is my favorite. <laughs> so let's get a move on. But first... An ultra-quick review of Dr. Cashy's hierarchy, a hierarchy of constructive eating via the whiteboard of wisdom. Wow. Okay, let's do it. Numero uno, enough. Literally getting adequate metabolizable carbon for what you need. Patterns, structured feeding, getting enough at regular and or regulated intervals every day. Balance, equitable and relevant to you distributions of foods between the food groups. Variety. Trying different foods and methods, further improving mealtime reward and satisfaction. And last, the big one, the monumental part, novelty. This is like fancy timing and immunomodulation, bioactivity, performance, and other complicated stuff. Now that description is kind of a fun one with big fancy words, and I'm going to get way further deeper into that and, and what, it really, what it really means. Um, and as you master each level, your eating competence grows until you blossom into the constructive eater you were always meant to be. Easy peasy, right? That's all you got to do. So here's what you're learning today. How Dr. Cashy defines novelty in the, in the context of the constructive feeder's hierarchy. The, the salient but necessary blur between variety and novelty that, that ends up occurring. In, in other words, you and I learn through experimentation with new things, right? <clears throat> that Dr. Cashy categorizes food novelty under two main umbrellas. <clears throat> and other examples of what happens when you accidentally or purposefully interject yourself into a level that is amiss from your current situation. And furthering of the premise that progressing through the constructive eater's hierarchy in sequence fully integrates your position as a constructive and rational eater, yielding the greatest benefit. So a little bit of background here. Dr. Cashy's more academies definition of, of food novelty is as follows. Food novelty is the use of food as an instrument to improve your subjective well-being beyond the scope of your nutritional status. Okay. Uh, assuming, so I'll... I'll I'll get into that. <laughs> They'll translate it. Assuming there's enough security, right? That's established through getting enough food for your situation, having proper patterns, balancing that food amongst the food groups with foods you like and satisfy you, and purposefully growing a list of acceptable foods by cultivating variety. Now the necessarily fuzzy line between variety and novelty begins revealing itself. 
foods as as practical instruments or instruments of entertainment have always had somewhat of a pull because of the unique novel, perhaps, combination of curiosity and amusement. Indeed, with all of your ducks in a row, it now seems feasible to start experimenting with food on your own, even at the very real risk of wasting it, by golly, which is, which is a necessity in, 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 this, in this growth to becoming a fully constructive and rational eater, by the way. Indeed, I do think there's a borderline universal and intuitive understanding, even if there's a deficiency in vocabulary, uh, that once the most basic biological needs are met and you've established varying levels of long-term security for those biological needs, that the next step is seeking various levels of stimulation beyond the more basic animalistic impulses. I dare say it is a natural human inclination. I really actively avoid the word natural, by the way, for a variety of reasons, okay? Again, presupposing those uh, prior conditions. And this is reinforced, funny enough, by an inherent resistance to novelty, even variety and, and even balance. Novelty will get resisted, variety will get resisted, and even balance will get resisted when the day-to-day -day operations must exist on the fundamental layers of Dr. Cashy's constructive eater's hierarchy. So let's explore this phenomenon more. With greater levels of food insecurity, anxiety, frustration, and, and overwhelm, there's a sensical, a sensical skepticism at the prospect of, of wasting via experimentation, thereby having a lower chance of cultivating variety or eating and using food in strange, new, and interesting ways. At its fundamental level, this is seen with families that have young children in households where we're getting enough food maybe over the course of the week, let alone every day, is the priority. When working with such families, they consistently come to the conclusion that integrating new foods or methods or combinations, especially with their children, is a relatively scary risk because of the prospect of food wastage, if the, especially if and when the child's food acceptance levels are low enough that it prompts, for lack of a better term, avoidance of the foods. On the equal opposite side of the coin, you may see families and children going to family events, hosting parties, or even patronizing businesses that incorporate food and food rituals to have an experience beyond the typical meal. Cookie decorating parties, egg hunts. Uh, this is also apparent at like build your own pizza places where you can top a pie however you wish. And many children opting for crazy combinations of toppings that adult participants um, looking on with terror know it's gonna turn out absolutely horrible. <laughs> And this is also seen more frequently, but maybe generates uh, more humor than fear at soft drink fountains where children will mix all the drinks together. Orange juice, milk, Coca-Cola, Sprite, Powerade, root beer, you name it. <laughs> it all goes into the kiddie pool sized cup. And then as if on cue, the child pretends to like it because they made it. Often cashing in on their cuteness, coercing parents into taking a courtesy sip. <laughs> so what's going on here? What's going on here? Granted, this is on the child side of learning how to eat, but, and a big butt. Oh, that's the almost empty one. <laughs> when you take a closer look, this mimics the, the adult requirements of relearning to eat as well. It really does. Dr. Cashy's hierarchy of constructive eating applies across the lifespan. <laughs> it really does. It takes different forms, but it's essentially the same thing. And healthy children are born to eat in ways that support what they need, and under the correct conditions, they bloom into constructive eaters on their own. To that end, with contemporary stimuli, contemporary environments, and contemporary parenting methods, the capacity to eat constructively and therefore rationally erodes. This happens frequently even if the parents are constructive eaters. 
However, when the parents are destructive and chaotic eaters, then the child's prospects of spontaneously becoming a constructive eater are dismal. <laughs> and this relearning as an adult is where the rational side of constructive and rational eating comes from. For that reason, you must relearn as an adult to increase the space between stimulus and response and inject logic and reason, the rational part, thereby influencing the outcomes on purpose and with a purpose, the constructive part. So what this, let's talk about what this means in real life here. When you finally work your way back up the constructive eater's hierarchy as an adult, it manifests similarly as it, as it did when you were a child. However, it's far cooler because as an adult seeking novelty, you have two distinct advantages over children, aside from the height and weight advantage when, when getting into the cool places, okay? Number one, you have greater levels of autonomy. I'll ruin my appetite however I want. I got plenty more of them coming. <laughs> and two, you have abstract thinking skills. An infinite inventory of ways to use food in an off-label way. That's where you and I are at now. At the pinnacle of the constructive eater's hierarchy. Novelty. And at this stage of, of the constructive and rational eater's hierarchy, motifs begin emerging. Uh, the pre-novelty which is the blurred line between variety and novelty, and then definite novelty, which is where food has uses beyond its role in fundamental nutrition. So let's start with pre-novelty. This is the blurred line when the blurred line between variety and novelty. When you start to get you maximize your variety and then you start to creep up in here instinctively, the line gets a little blurry. Essentially, this is where food now becomes even foodier. This extra foodiness is represented adequately in the previous examples of the children learning how to eat and accept new foods. Same with adults. This is about conducting purposeful and relatively high-risk experiments with the foods you do like to create new and strange things that might turn out disastrous or become a new staple. Pineapple on your pizza? YOLO! <laughs> Angry Whoppers! Double Downers! <laughs> Maple Bacon Gum? Sure! What the heck? Liquid Nitrogen Ice Cream? Bring it on! Can I make a meatless meatloaf or a breadless bread? Well, of course you can. <laughs> and once you go through that, you start to transition into, into definitive or definite novelty. And this is where food has really exclusive uses beyond its role in nutrition. And Dr. Dr. Keshi categorizes food novelty within this schema in two different ways, okay? Using food as a toy and using food as a tool. These are the two extra nutritional ways that food is used in novel ways, right? So let's talk about food as a toy first. Actually, the, I'm going to say that listing the particulars of these categories is beyond the scope of this episode. However, as I start listing things off, it will become apparent what I mean as you anchor these examples to your own experiences, okay? So we talk about food as a toy, food porn, okay, cooking shows, food art, elaborate cakes and other presentation-focused dishes, experience-focused restaurants, vending machines. Dr. Cashy has an entire textbook on industrializing bubbles in your food. <laughs> Where do you think your precious coffee foam comes from? Indeed, a toy for one person is a tool for another, right? Look behind me. What about those, those beautiful and silly cream cheese stuffed penguins with carrots, you know? Perfect example of food as a toy. And next, you move to food as a tool. Food as a tool. Religious rituals, competitions, fasting, GMOs, medicine, politics and policy, performance, muscle gain, fat loss, emotional regulation. 
Food is a tool for emotional regulation. Can you see when permission, discipline, and eating confidence are low, where eating is relatively chaotic, arbitrary, and aberrant, how interjecting yourself into the constructive eater's hierarchy where you still might need to master? You still might need to master getting enough with appropriate patterns balanced with a variety of foods you like. Describes conditions where you still might need to master how to properly use food as a tool. Especially when food is used as a tool to suppress, distract, regulate, ameliorate, or mask what you think of yourself or how you feel. Using food as a toy out of sequence promotes chaotic and destructive waste. And using food as a tool out of sequence fosters the negative reinforcement of eating during periods of impulsivity and negative mood balance. The vicious loop of eating because you seek to regulate a negative mood and then eventually having chronically negative moods because of the outcome of how you're eating. As a result of interjecting yourself here before these things have been secured. And this is something that only purposeful graduation through Dr. Cashy's constructive eater's hierarchy will help solve. And Dr. Cashy has your back the entire way. <laughs> so here's what you've learned. How Dr. Cashy operationalizes novelty in the context of his constructive eater's hierarchy, an instrument beyond the biological need for food. The levels the levels, all of them really, have purposeful overlap with each other, allowing for fluid and instinctive progressions through the hierarchy in any direction. Okay? And how Dr. Cashy categorizes food novelty in two main ways, as a tool and as a toy. And that incorporating food novelty out of sequence fosters overwhelm, insecurity, rebelliousness, and anxiety. Right? So in conclusion here, when food as novelty is integrated appropriately, in sequence with the constructive eater's hierarchy, it acts as a sort of prophylactic against negative, impulse-driven, system-one-brain spectator-of-your-own-decision-style of eating. <laughs> Instead, it fosters a positive, rationally-driven, system-two-brained, control-of-your-own-decision-style of eating. <laughs> By integrating food and eating as a powerful instrument on purpose and with purpose, you explore your creativity, deepen, your deepen yourself philosophically, and grow intellectually. Translated, when you reach the peak of eating competence, as a constructive and rational eater, when properly integrated, that food and eating makes you better at everything, and it gets you there faster. So if you're interested in becoming a competent, constructive, and rational eater, then let Dr. Cashy know by sending him a message and leaving him a comment, because he gets back to all of them. Want to continue having coffee with Dr. Cashy? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It is very much appreciated. Thank you. And see you next week. Dr. Cashy is out. <laughs>